Hello everyone, welcome back to Tea Time Reports in our Premier League panel series. I have quite a bit of people here for sure, but uh, I was talking about this earlier. A lot of these guys will definitely be on uh, the podcast a lot more. But uh, Rush, Thane, Caden, and Brady are joining me today to talk about obviously the Premier League um, and, and the season that's going on so far. You know, news events. Obviously, we're going to be covering our clubs that we kind of follow and are fans of, but uh, we'll definitely try and get a broader spectrum of the entire league as well. But, um, you know, this was week three, or match day three. Obviously, there's different terms for it, but I'm just going to call it week three that just passed. Um, obviously, we're going into week four now. But yeah. uh, honestly, a pretty exciting week. And honestly, I'm, now that I'm kind of like submerging myself a little more into this this league in itself, uh, it's definitely a lot more exciting to me, mm-hmm. like yeah. watching the score, like getting the scores back, looking at the table. Yeah. Like it. I'm honestly looking at it now like I look at USL Championship League, and I know that's like a pathetic thing to say, but like I'm now going to break it down like I have been with like the Rowdies and shit, because like I know it's not anywhere near as like yeah. talented or yeah, serious, yeah. but you know, you can still break down any sport. Just and, to, like the level you care about it. Yeah, like, 100%. But uh, I guess, Caden, if you wanted to go first here and talk about your club and what they were <laughs> able to do. <laughs> I feel like my club, not, not my club, but. The club I, I like to support in, in Premier League, Liverpool had probably the best showcasing or, or best end-of-game showcasing out of any team in the Premier League this week. Started off with an absolute blunder from from um, uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold, who was our once captain, then switched over to Virgil van Dijk, and I don't know what Trent was thinking on that first mistake. He went straight under his foot. Yeah, that's not even a Premier League play. It, it was not at all. It just... This is poor, poor, um, poor ball handling skills by Trent. Such a good, such a good right back, or, or yeah, right back. I feel like we could utilize him more at the midfielder spot. Uh, I don't really like the the look with Gakpo in the uh, in the midfield. I just feel like he's more of a natural striker, and I feel like we should run Nunez a lot more. We spent a hundred million dollars for him, and especially after that showing that he did this weekend, the absolute beast. Virgil van Dijk goes out after we after we go down one nil uh, with the red card. At, just, just just destroyed Alexander Isak. It's turned into an absolute mountain man. Really, you thought that red card was fair? Uh, I didn't think it was. I didn't think. I think it should have been a uh, a yellow. But I I can't deny the fact that it probably would have been a goal scoring opportunity just because of how good Isak really is. But he kind of went through the like. That's true. He went through the player, but he yeah. got the ball. He did get the. He honestly got it right through his legs. Yeah, like he when got he was all ball. Stride. When the replay showed, it was literally mm-hmm. like really. Tough it was to it get honestly, that yeah, it was a clean, it was a clean. It was it was a pretty cool ass tackle. Mm-hmm. But uh, then honestly, it looked like the game was over. I went upstairs, right? Nunez scores. I'm watching on my phone. I'm watching on my phone, right? I'm like, holy shit! <laughs> <laughs> like no way this is happening right now. And uh, it goes in extra time. I turn it off. And then Brady's still watching downstairs. I hear them yelling. I'm like, bro, no fuck. No way, bro. No way. And I, t- I get on my Twitter, and the first thing I see is that picture of Jurgen Klopp shushing the other coach. <laughs> That's how you tell like, this guy is special, too. Because, mm-hmm. like, every great striker you see, like, oh, yeah. you get some Cristiano Ronaldo. I'm not going to say he's as good as Ronaldo. But game changer. You the know great, I mean? Yeah, the greatest strikers in the game are going to come on and make a difference mm-hmm. every time when their team needs them. And Luis Suarez, the fellow Uruguayan legend, came in on his um, on one of the TikTok comments. It was like, great job, killer. Like, keep it up. Yeah. I think it just means a lot getting the recognition. Both from, Liverpool guys, too. Yeah, both Liverpool guys, both Uruguayans. He was getting a lot of slack last season. Oh, though. yeah. Yeah, honestly, I, was, I feel like I was one of the people that was sticking with him the whole time. Though. Even through the misses, I saw the refined striker yeah. that he was. You know, just... Look at the size. You can of tell him. he's a good exactly. player. It's just he gets mm. kind of scared in front of the net. Yeah. It's his first season, so mm. his composure was a little bit off. But going going back into the end of the season, he patched that up really well. I feel like people should have already been giving him his uh, him his apologies way you know way earlier than than last weekend. I saw a bunch of posts saying like, "Oh, give give Darwin Nunez your apologies." You shouldn't have given him to him the end of last season. He turned up those last couple weeks. So do you guys see a decline in Jota's? Uh, yeah, yeah. honestly, his stock is, is has been going down for I feel like a little well, I mean, bit. He was scoring uh, but the, end, the end of the season, really good player. end of the season, he was going off, but it was against shit clubs. They were all against bad clubs. He was getting brace after brace, but they were against bad clubs. 
Still impressive to do yeah. though. In the Premier League, the Premier League is one hundred percent the hardest league in the mm. world. So. But what else did you notice out of Liverpool? Did they they won, correct? Or they, yeah, they, they did win. In, what was the score? Death. It was two one with two a red card at at twenty eighth minute. Well, I know Rush is gonna have the other perspective <laughs> yeah, yeah, on now, that match. Now we gotta sure. bring Rush in. Well, he's he's still taking some notes, but we'll definitely have to circle back to that. Okay. Okay. Um, but one, one thing I wanted to say about Newcastle is like they just look sloppy. They, they were just they looking did. lazy. Like they had the advantage, and I feel like they weren't taking it. Like they had the right one bright place. spot in their entire team. That was Sandro, the yeah. entire game. And Rush will definitely have his yeah. two cents of that, like for sure. But Thane, if we wanted to go ahead and move on to you at this point, Chelsea, Chelsea, yeah, talk Chelsea. about Chelsea, and then. Um, Definitely, if you had any other uh, notations uh, regarding, um, I guess, the Premier League as a whole, w- what were your thoughts, I guess, with just overall, I guess, week three? Um, do you want me to start with Chelsea? Yeah, start or? with Chelsea. Start with the team okay. you follow, for sure. So, I'm a long-time Chelsea fan. Been about a fan since 2011. Um... It's been a rough season, last season, and a rough time being a Chelsea fan so far the past two years since Todd Bowley has taken over, but I really think he's trying to revolutionize not just Chelsea, but the sport in general. Mm-hmm. Um, he's doing crazy transfer fees. Yeah. He's showing that, I mean, not even like money doesn't even matter at this point to Bro, him. I honestly like, feel like y'all get overcharged. For the players you buy just because of your transfer yeah, history. That's what I mean. When he confirmed and paid $120 million for Enzo, I feel like that was really the stamp for yeah. other teams to be like, we're going to make this guy overpay. Yes, yeah, and Southampton every milked player. him. Yeah. Southampton milked him for, for Romeo Lavia. Romeo Lavia, Lavia literally. I mean, one season of experience in the Premier League, $44 million, That's crazy. 48. 48. That's 48, crazy yeah. because. Literally, not even five to ten years ago, a great player you could get for forty-eight million. Oh yeah, not just oh, yeah, a regular yeah. player like mm-hmm. a Sadio Mane type of player. Yeah, but. I, I mean the first hundred million dollar transfer was Paul Pogba in two thousand sixteen. Mm-hmm. That's <laughs> crazy how much. And honestly, I think back to it and I'm looking like at what uh, Mbappe is worth now and what Holland's worth now. Yeah, I wasn't watching soccer at the time, but I could just imagine how much uh, Messi ninety-two goal season would be oh worth right God. now. Probably That's a like billion. A billion. Yeah, probably yeah. a billion dollars. The market is literally so overinflated, but honestly, I think that's because of Chelsea bringing all that money mm. in, like that that whatever top bully, wherever he gets that money from. But we can't we can't blame it on Chelsea because Man City did it before oh, yeah. Chelsea mm-hmm. and Arsenal. and now now Arsenal, Newcastle's doing it. Yeah, Newcastle's doing it. It's not just American owners; it's Saudi owners, <laughs> Saudi, it's yeah. Russian owners, it's big billionaires that come in and they see how much soccer brings and the money in. Drives the sport and, as well. Like, there's so much people. It's a worldwide fan base, and it will literally always be around. Until oh, yeah. It's, it's been around since the beginning of, you know, human yeah. sports. You yeah, know? exactly. <laughs> Pretty much everybody's been kicking some sort of ball around. Exactly. Since the beginning of time, you know what I mean? What were some notations on uh, Chelsea in Week 3 that you saw? So, I want to say just before Week 3, I want to talk about the start of the season. Oh, please, season yeah. Because... Yeah. Chelsea had a very rough season last season, but I feel like Todd Bowley is very ambitious and he brought in a new manager, brought in a lot of new signings. We did that American tour for preseason and we looked great. We were playing four at the back. Last season we were playing five at the back. Very slow build up, very slow play. Mm. No one looked like they want to take anyone on. No one had motivation. It mm. looked like Kind of halfway through the season, they gave up almost. It was. Like, I, how many coaches? Y'all had like three different coaches last year. Three coaches, but one was an intern in Frank yeah. Lampard. He was just there till the end of the season, and he's a Chelsea legend. So he is. He is. It's really great to see that he'll literally take on any role at any time, just because he has the club in his heart that mm. much. 
So obviously one of the best Premier League midfielders of all time. Yeah, exactly. And a lot he gets a lot of slack for his managerial jobs, but I feel like he always brings the spirit at least and yeah. the mentality that you need. And that that's what a former player coach will do for yeah, you. Yeah, know? exactly. Or they'll always bring that that yeah. that player to coach yeah, uh, player would, management. They may not have the tactical side, but they're always going to bring the passion. And um yeah, so we had a great preseason, and the start of the season I was very nervous about because our first game we played Liverpool. Yeah. And you know Liverpool; they're always a great mm-hmm. team. They all they have great players. And that was a statement game going into yeah. it too, because y'all had just stolen exactly. everything from us. You know, Enzo the last season, uh, now fucking uh, Caicedo and. Uh, Lavia. Well, I mean, Enzo wasn't. I don't know how much of a steal he was, but no. But honestly, I like Enzo though. Like oh Enzo. yeah, no, I'm saying I don't know if Liverpool was linked with him. Oh, we were. They were. Yeah, Casado and Lavia definitely. Yeah, Casado and Lavia definitely. They were just going mm-hmm. to the highest bidder. Yeah. yeah. And honestly, Casado was that. a childhood Chelsea. Yeah. Game, so. so it's understandable. But yeah. so first game, Liverpool one to one. It was at our home, so I thought that we were going to come out more attacking because mm-hmm. preseason we played four at the back the whole yeah. preseason. We were scoring a lot of goals, but we came out with five at the back, very surprisingly, and played kind of more defensive, but mm-hmm. we really looked solid. And I love Nico Jackson. I yeah, think. Nico Jackson, He's he brings that pace that we needed up top, and it was just an overall good game. I think we could have took the win, honestly, but mm, yeah, blew a couple of our chances like Chelsea usually does. Mm. And it was honestly, Mudrik needs to find something, bro, or else he's going to be a certified bust. I mean, certified. Mudrik's on an eight-year contract. He's a very young player, so like he has time for sure. He and does. I feel like his mentality is kind of messed up at times, and he gets very low on confidence, and that's kind of what makes him play bad because I, I really know there's a great player in there. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. But it's like, he just, he needs to get that confidence up. He needs to get a consistent run of games for him to really show what he can do. And honestly, also, he wasn't a consistent looking, coach. Yeah, exactly. He wasn't looking bad during those those uh, international games in Ukraine. He was turning up, I'm pretty sure he had like a brace in one of the yeah. games or he had some sort of uh, crazy game for, for Ukraine. Yeah. And... I, I thought he would turn up these first couple weeks and, and honestly reap because honestly like you were saying he has kind of like one of those fu- those players that are fueled by mentality mm, yeah, at all exactly. points and when he does blossom in the in the bright lights like he, he was great. at Shakhtar Donetsk like he was in, for his own country if he can actually show that on the highest level then mm. you do have a special player 100% and just like Trevor said the coach needs to believe in you if the mm. coach doesn't believe in you yeah. Then it's not gonna work because hey, look at look at Christian Pulisic. Yeah, coach exactly. believes in him and Milan. He's already Pulisic out. is kind of a player like Mudrick. When he gets that trust from the team and his yeah. coaches, he thrives. But mm-hmm. if he doesn't have that trust, he's not that player that's just gonna get on the ball and make something happen. Exactly, he needs yeah. the team to be helping him. But so second game, Chelsea played West Ham. Very rough game, but... Hey, West Ham's looking good. West they Ham are. is they looking are. good this season. And they look better because they just got kudos. Yeah, but also we were away, and we kind of took control of the first half. They got a lucky goal of right at the start off of a corner. Chelsea aren't looking very good on set pieces this season mm. once again. Yeah. But we'll work on that. I feel like you'll have a lot more targets, though, than last season. Like, yeah. you know, t- taller guys, guys that I feel like are a little bit more physically suited for set pieces this year. Yeah. I mean, our center backs are, but, like, our midfield and our wingers, they're pretty small. Y'all have some injuries, too. Yeah. We have Chukameka a decent amount injured. of injuries, but Chukwameka got injured in that game after he scored a great goal. Yeah, he did. Yeah. And, um... We could have went up 2-1 to one in the first half, got a penalty. I feel like if we scored that penalty, we would have taken the momentum and probably won the game. Enzo stepped up, oh. took it from Jackson, and he missed it. But that's the way soccer goes. And in mm-hmm. the Premier League, the best league in the world, you're going to get punished for oh, yeah. Holland missed the penalty. not capitalizing on your opportunities. Holland missed that penalty in Sheffield, yeah. didn't he? And then, uh, oh, another crazy, I, I, another funny match you talk about is, you know, that guy, um, that, uh, that Man City fan jumped, jumped into the, uh, 
jumped in to celebrate oh, yeah, with Holland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So jumping on his back. So Holland scored a goal this weekend, and a fan from the stands literally ran out, jumped over the fence, and hopped on his back before even his teammates got to him to celebrate. And with Holland him. was down with him. And the Holland, Holland didn't even care. Literally let him hang on his back mm. and celebrate with him. And I thought that was a really cool moment for the sport. I mean, that's a big six foot five horseman. Yeah. And it's not like that dive on him is going to do anything to him. Yeah. But so Chelsea took a tough loss in the second week. And third week we played on Friday against Luton Town. They just came up. They don't look too great this game, season so game far. should be winning. Yeah, days. I'm not going to lie. They don't look great this season so far, but we need this confidence. We need this win to really get momentum and get things rolling how we want to. So it was an important win. 3-0 at home. Got the home crowd behind us. and Caicedo was doing good, bro. Our fans have needed that because after a long, tough season of constant home games, of back passing and no confidence and blowing chances, we really needed that win for... Yeah, no win since, what, March? Yeah. Sterling, so. Sterling's playing playing out there like he's, like he's still on City. Sterling had a good game, but Sterling is very shaky. He... Blows a lot of chances, and mm. he. Um, I think there's a great player in there, but kind of like Mudrick. I feel like it's already Kovacic, shown. He I, needs that confidence. I don't, I don't think you're gonna be able to get that that player out of Raheem Sterling. That, he's that still he 28. He still he's has still, so much he's time. He's still 28. But honestly, I've seen it so many times. I know it's a different, completely different sport. But it's same with those explosive players, those explosive running backs, and the same kind of play style, just like smack the gap. You know, run, 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 run. Like he's a high, such a high work rate mm-hmm. player. When he used to match up with uh, Sergio Aguero in in Man City squads, and and Pep, Pep Guardiola loved to u- utilize him every single week. And I just feel like his motor isn't completely there from what it, what it used to be. Yeah. And I don't see it getting better from what it is now. Honestly, I, I feel like I, I disagree because with this new team that he's on, I mean. Caicedo, Enzo, mm-hmm. his midfield still, he's got youthful midfield, mm-hmm. brand new striker to, mm-hmm. to target. I mean, he's still got time, and he's got the players around him 100%. If they develop. Mm-hmm. And he has a new role. This is his first time ever being a veteran in a team or an older That's guy. True. Usually Over he was here. a younger guy, and people were trying to get, them, get him under their wing to kind of teach him things. But now the roles mm-hmm. are reversed, and... He really needs to step up this season if he wants to show that he can be on this team and long term. Because mm-hmm. this is a big project for Chelsea. And he can definitely lead Chukameka. Chukameka is what, 19? And yeah. it's, it's honestly, Sterling, it's a big job for him because, like, with a story club like Chelsea, you, you, you're going, you want to be in the top five. Like, mm-hmm. you're expected to be in the top five. And you need a veteran player, so. I mean, yeah, they won the Champions League not that long ago. They should, they, should, they should be deserving a top five spot every single. Every every single season, at least the next five seasons. How do you feel about the keeper position thing? And like, do you think you guys question. are good there? Or? Um, yeah, I, I do like, like Sanchez, and Kepa's only out on loan, so he is coming back at the end of the season, depending on how good he does at Real Madrid, because he could get sold. But I mean, I could we could use a backup keeper. Our backup keeper is Betlinelli and he's really old. I want to say he's like thirty nine or something. <laughs> Holy shit! And oh he only boy. plays in really like low tier cup matches. So like, we could use because you see these top five teams now. They all have two keepers that are competing for their yeah. top spot. Like David, like like uh, how you Raya see Raya went to Arsenal Ramsdale. for Ramsdale. Mm-hmm. They're gonna be competing for that top spot. Kepa and Mendy. That's what brought us to that Champions League final, their duo in the goal. And, I mean, Mindy really got Kepa out of his place and made him earn it back for a yeah, while. And you saw Kepa Mindy, earn it Mindy back. Mindy fell off. Yeah. Mindy fell off a cliff. So you say there is a little uncertainty at keeper right now? Just for the second position. I do like Sanchez at the first. I think he's confident in the net. And we've been needing a big keeper that will come out and grab the ball for crosses because... Yeah. Kepa's kind of scared. I don't want to say he's scary, but like... Isn't he the most expensive keeper ever? Yeah. Oh. But he's not that tall. He's only like 6'2", 6'3", I want to say. Sanchez is more on the bigger side. He can come out for those crosses and really snag him out the air or punch him. But 
I like Sanchez. I watched him in that that first Liverpool game. A really good show and really good debut mm-hmm. for for Chelsea. And uh, I, just, I saw that he was. He did have that. Where did he come from again? Brighton. Brighton. Yeah, he, he had that that experience. You could tell he had Premier League experience oh, yeah. just from that first game. Wasn't his first rodeo. He comes from a serious Brighton team who were mm-hmm. great last season. Oh yeah. And the season before that, they've really been on the come up. And they're they're great right now as well. Yeah. On fire. And they've lost a lot of key players too, mm-hmm. like Caicedo and. Yeah. Yeah. I guess you know, this might be a great time to move on to uh, Tottenham. I know uh, Madison had an amazing showing, along with you, Dougie. You can just cover the whole team up there. Yeah, Ready? first, I just want to start off like, um, I'm watching soccer for about a year and a half now, and the first team I really chose was just Tottenham. I just got like the colors, I like the vibe, I like the jerseys. But, uh, yeah, but to start off, honestly, the first thing in the season to the problem, but also a solution, is Kane. Losing our best player isn't easy, like yeah. top goal scorer in the Premier League. Pretty much the best Tottenham player of all time. But uh, to move yeah. on, I mean, we had to fill a position. Uh, first thing we filled was, before Kane even left, was James Madison, number 10. Uh, like you were talking about, we've needed a true number 10 for years now. And a guy that can come in on set pieces, he comes in and just pretty much just revives the, the whole offense. I mean... Mm. The passes the guy's making, the vision, the setup, like, it all, it's all better because of him. And when you have a player that can come in and change the whole team and give everybody more goal-scoring opportunities and opportunities to pass, get open into space, like, it's pretty great. And mm-hmm. honestly, the stuff that he's done already with his assists and even off set pieces, he's gotten an assist. Saw had an assist that game as yeah. well. You see him just trending upwards and yeah, upwards and upwards. Madison's goal is just great movement that... Honestly, we wouldn't have had last year because we wouldn't have Madison, we wouldn't have mm-hmm. a cam like him, and even a, our midfield has improved the most, honestly, I feel like. You doggy dog, had an assist as well. He's, uh, he's, you, have, you have so many players on that, on yeah, that team just trending up team. right now. But um, another hole that had to be filled was Hugo Loris, our goalie, another older keeper like we were talking about. Mm. And Vicario, uh, Vicario, I think that's how you say his first name. For a guy like that to come in and just have two clean sheets already and two victories I mean that's exactly what you want out of your young keeper yeah and he's making the, all the saves he needs to I mean mm. perfect keeper I watched him that first game it looked like he was you know getting actually you know making movements and in he looked the comfortable in, in the first game mm. you could see he looked a little bit uncomfortable with his team and like with his center back. where did he come from uh, I believe Came from Empoli. Empoli? Uh, yeah, Syria. Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But in the second game and the third game, you see him get more comfortable taking the ball, catching it, uh, sweep keeping. Like, he's mm. doing his job well. Yeah. And it's the perfect replacement for Loris because Loris was a great keeper for us for so many years. Yeah. And you need someone like that to just step in and fill the role. Mm. But I feel like you, you're you're kind of removing all the uh, the sellers on your team, you know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> Loris is a huge seller. And yeah, I'm not calling Harry Kane a seller, but... You know, y'all didn't win any trophies with him. I mean, you didn't win any trophies without him, but... I mean, put some respect on Lawrence's oh, no, 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 no. name, though. Hey, he hey, won hey. a World Cup. No, He's they, they would have won that, they won that World time. Cup against against Messi if Mike Mignogna was starting. If he, if he didn't break his leg before that World Cup, they would have won. I mean, I don't know. Lloris is really... I mean, Lloris was known as a world-class keeper for the past almost decade in the sport. He Not really this just, last year, though. Yeah, he really just had a bad season, and people like to slate people for having one bad season, but when you look in the whole view of things, players who can stay at the top consistently for a long time, you have to give them their credit because... yeah, yeah. It takes. But, I mean, you have to understand why they're offloading him. Though I mean, it's one bad. It's, it's one bad season. Oh, but yeah. he's also an old keeper. You yeah. know what I mean? Uh, so. Another guy I want to talk about. Just shout out real quick is Mickey Van De Ven, our brand new center back. Uh, he's a young. I think I think he's about twenty two. But I mean, he came in and he just started performing immediately. Mm. I mean, he's quick. He's strong. Great defensive mind. And pair him with uh, Christian Romero. I mean, that's a. That's a, that's a center-back combination that could actually win us a trophy. Kind of following that, that new uh, like regimen of defensive players, like, I feel like it's people. It's kind of like moving out of some of the older ways of, of wanting just like a stationary center-back. I feel like these center-backs are 
the more valuable ones now are the ones that are kind of very faster and more pacey. You know what I mean? Well, I think the biggest improvement from this year to last year is definitely the midfield. I, we already talked about Madison, but with Basuma and um, Sar. Sar, yeah. Uh, with those additions, I mean, that, I don't even remember who we had last year, but I mean, the movement and the and the positioning just did not look mm-hmm. good. Thing last is, year. you had Basuma and Sar last year, but yeah. they were considered flops mm-hmm. because of. Antonio Conte and the formation he was running and I really yeah. don't think that a lot of players liked Antonio Conte last yeah, season. I, I feel like a like lot of either. players had problems at, like with mm-hmm. him. I feel like players had problems with with uh, Mourinho when he was there as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, even though he's, you know, possibly the goat, he's not my goat for managers, but I know for some people he is and I just feel like him, you know, his his uh, agenda of just clicking with the players that just didn't work in Tottenham, and it's, it's crazy just to see how Ange Postecoglou of all people is the is the coach to bring them together. And they run the same lineup as City. I think it's a it's like a four four. I think it's a four five one something like that. Three three attacking midfielders and then two defensive midfielders, but four guys in the back. I mean, the movement and the positioning that has opened up here since Conte's not there running five center backs. It's changed all. All different, but uh, you can see we're moving faster. We're getting more chances. You doggy like our fullbacks are coming in and mo- making way mm-hmm. more plays. You doggy has had a great stint. Yeah. A couple three games. He's got mm-hmm. an assist. But, like just his movement and the movement of our midfielders has changed our team completely from this year to last year. Yeah. They win week three. Uh, so we draw week one against Brentford uh, and then got a win against United and Brent and Bournemouth both two 0 So the huge wins. One. Yeah, two two one one. What are your here. thoughts on Richarlison in that striker position? Do you feel like you need a backup? No. Or? Yeah. Here's the thing. Uh, Kane filled that. I mean, Terry Kane. He's gonna go mm-hmm. out and get you thirty goals. But it's a huge role to fill for Richarlison, and he's got all the help he needs. He just needs to start scoring and getting his positioning right and getting in on those plays that he needs to. That he is supposed to score on. Because. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what you need out of your striker at the end of the day. The guy that can just put the ball in the back of the net. And, and he's I believe we were, so, so we were just talking about this same sort of situation with Mudrik. You know, he's an, a, another yeah. uh, crowd-filled, emotional-filled mm-hmm. player that in the right setting, they ball. Yeah. But when they're out of their element, I just feel like they lack in uh, just composure. and just their, their entire soccer ability just kind of like leaves their mind for a little bit. Yeah. Richarlison plays with a lot of passion, mm-hmm. so like... And see that when he, he plays for his country. Yeah, when he gets out of the game, he's completely out. Like, mm-hmm. he's ghosted. Yeah. He yeah. does not care anymore. He mm-hmm. completely voids, so... And uh, before I go, I will have Rush give us the overview about Newcastle um, and pretty much give us the rundown of what he's thinking about his club, some news and highlights um, regarding... Newcastle in general in their match against Liverpool. So Rush, if you want to go ahead and kind of take this away. So pretty much the first thing I want to say is I kind of agree with what had Brady what Brady had said earlier and that was that they just played a little bit sloppy. And I only personally got to watch the highlights and from that what I saw was just there was not really so much as it seemed like teamwork that time mm-hmm. granted though I know Liverpool it, it is a good team yeah. me not watching soccer as frequently as everybody else yeah. I do know that just from over the years of always mm-hmm. hearing about them Yeah, but pretty much we had major possession we had the majority of possession over mm-hmm. the ball we had about 60% yeah. but the thing is though is that we just couldn't find a way in order to get yeah, past all in order that. to like actually create those big moments mm-hmm. get those shots off that we needed mm-hmm. we had a total of 23 shots that's, that's a lot of shots yeah though. in which 8 <laughs> were on, 8 were on target 11 mm-hmm. were off target though mm-hmm. and then 4 of which were blocked okay so okay. it seemed like my keeper had a busy day. Oh, yeah. Allison, Allison was going nuts. Oh, he made a crazy He was save. going yeah. nuts, bro. The, the other oh thing was, though, is I feel like what also played a factor in it on how we played was the head-to-head record against Liverpool. Yeah. In the last five games, we've lost four times against them and had one draw. Mm. So I think the way that we came into it was since 
we won 5-1 against Ashton Villa and we yeah. won. And so we kind of had a little boost from that. A little that. chip on your shoulder. You had Man City, which that was a loss, but granted they have Holland, who, mm. which And it's Man City. Yeah, exactly. And so I feel as if they came in there thinking, like, it was their their time to, like, actually claim that it, win it, back. And it was, it was at home in St. James Park. They mm-hmm. had the... Honestly, they had a better better team than last year, in my yeah. opinion. And uh, I do see why they would come in there with a the chip on their shoulder, and it, it did seem so, especially with them going down, us going down with a red card, going down to ten men. Yeah, that they should have been able to capitalize on all those those uh, those chances they had. Very but I feel so. like it it went down to the individual performances, mm-hmm. you know, like it went down to the individual performances of Newcastle. Their individual play was not completely capitalized by every single person. They were yeah. trying to do it. You know, very uh, not not uh, centralized as a team. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I feel like when when you're going against a team that has that is down to ten men, you 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 have eleven men on the field. You should your whole entire team yeah. should be working together a lot better. I feel like they were just trying to get it done one by one, and Liverpool was doing the exact same thing because they only had ten men on the field. We were just doing it a lot better, mm-hmm. and especially when it comes down to the keeper performances, Allison kept us afloat single-handedly the entire game. And then the super sub, Darwin Nunez, came on and just became the star boy that I always knew he could be. Yeah, the the thing that really got me, though, was the fact that y'all, your defenders mm. kept us out the entire yeah. time. Like, mm. every time we tried to go towards the center, we could only take a shot from, like, the outside of the box. Yeah. We always had to take long shots. We never really got into the box, and mm. I was actually able to, like, press the keeper or anything like that in order to get that ball in and apply pressure to him to kind of like trip him up. You know that's because? All because of Joe Gomez. <laughs> First sub that got on, Joe Gomez. Newcastle did get pretty unlucky though. They mm-hmm. hit the post twice mm-hmm. and Allison made an absolutely Beautiful crazy save. reaction save. So Insane. I mean, they were there. It was just like because those two didn't go in, and sometimes the luck of the draw, how crazy this league is, teams will capitalize on you in the last 10 minutes like mm-hmm. Liverpool did. Yeah. Like, it's very competitive. Especially when it comes down to you know one player, and yeah. that one player is one of the most explosive strikers in the world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Definitely going in that's there. That's what with, he's here to do. Like, shit, that's why we spent $100 million yeah. on him. But one thing I do want to get into is Sven Bachman. Oh, yeah. injury. He got walked off the field he, uh, for an ankle injury. Yeah. But it was said that in the follow-up that it wasn't... He avoided serious injury. Okay. So they aren't looking... And also, they aren't looking forward to signing anybody else like mm-hmm. since the transfer window is still open. Yeah. So they aren't I think looking... only like five days left mm-hmm. in the transfer window. They aren't looking to get anybody because they're actually looking to maybe have Dan Byrne, Lewis Hall, or even Matt Target fill into that position. Mm-hmm. So, and Lewis Hall, actually from Chelsea, mm-hmm. we just recently signed him six days ago, I think it was. Yep. And Damn. he's yeah. gonna, he, I hope, I haven't seen any like things on him at all, but I hope that he's actually gonna be a good addition for our team and everything like that and apply, and like actually give us some help on that defensive end. I mean, I can give you kind of a rundown on him if you want. I mean, He's very young, 18, mm-hmm. yeah. just came out of Chelsea, a lot of potential. Yeah. We started him last season because we kind of he plays left back and mm-hmm. our left back got injured and we were having some problems in that position. We're having a rough season, so we're giving young guys a chance. Mm-hmm. And um, he has a lot of potential, but this league is very physical and I feel like he's going to have to do it's going to take him a couple matches to warm up to the team and to the league for yes. sure to get a consistent run of games. Anything else you add on uh, Newcastle there, Rush? Mm, no. You know, we no. were talking about super subs, and there was one crazy super sub. Before Darwin Nunez got subbed on, I think this was the best substitute performance of the week, possibly of the, la- of the year, and that was in the Arsenal game. We were able to talk about that game, Trevor. Um, yeah, I, um, I've been a fan of Arsenal probably since middle school, literally no actual sentimental, like, reason or anything crazy, I've just, I don't know how, but I remember Lacazette, uh, okay. just being crazy, yeah. just, I, I don't know, this one game he had, like, a hat trick, I don't know what class I was in, I think I was in my Chinese, like, class, mm-hmm. and I was watching that shit on YouTube, mm-hmm. 
crazy, Cra- crazy. But um, I was I've always liked Arsenal. Their kits, their logo. Again, it's across the pond, so I can't sit here and say I'm a diehard fucking yeah. Arsenal fan. But I do support them in this league. But uh, we we're, we've been a little rocky the first three weeks. Not gonna lie. Uh, Mikel Arteta, he's probably going to change the formation he's talking about. There's definitely going to be some change-ups in mm-hmm. our lineup. Uh, so maybe a shocker. But we're just, I don't know. I, I don't know any like insiders on like who might get benched, who might not. But mm-hmm. we're just not like mending well, I in think my God, opinion. I think just sold Kieran Tierney as well. I believe, I don't. I didn't see that. I think you sold him to Real Sociedad. Does anybody mm. know if Gabriel Jesus is he's back? He's back. He's back. Okay. Yeah. That's going to be a huge addition. Yeah, to it's guys. a huge bump. But not, in, week, in, in week three, we did draw against Fulham 2-2. Odegaard looked good as always, in my opinion. But our defense struggled. Like, mm. we've been struggling on that defensive side. Ben White, you know, kind of had a little bit of a rough game. I, I can't lie to you. Um, I think one of those goals was kind of low-key on him. Not like on him, like an yeah, open yeah. goal. But like a defensive blunder yeah, type shit, um, and I like Ben White. I actually really do like him as a mm-hmm. defender. Um, but like I was saying, potential lineup change, formation change, probably incoming. Um, but Caden put me on the super sub. Um, Fabio Vieira. This incident that occurred, Fabio uh, Vieira. You know, an assist plus a shot on goal that was on target. And the stats um, don't show everything. He came in there. He had a beautiful display. He was making box to box runs putting up passes, putting up crosses into the box. Since the 30 minutes that he was in there, he was doing phenomenal on ball. I don't know what his what his, uh, what his his pass percentage was, but he was looking really, really good for the time that he was in. Potentially a warm-up game for him. He might start or something. I don't know how don't, old he is. He's not bagging the start over Odegaard. No, who did he come out for? Kai Havertz, Chelsea's oh, biggest Havertz. snake yeah. of all time. Went to Kai Arsenal. Pig. You <laughs> can't do that. And... I do want to say Kai Havertz, he won us the Champions League, but he slows the team down. He slows the play mm-hmm. down. He's a very kind of play at his pace type of player. When he gets the ball, he's not doing no sense too of much urgency. for anyone. Yeah, yeah, he's playing at his own pace, and sometimes that can be a good thing. Sometimes that can be a bad thing. It really depends on the style of the team and how they want to play. And Arsenal's a really fast-paced team. Mikel Arteta likes quick build-up and fast wingers. And Havertz, I just don't see him suiting that. And you Mm -hmm. can kind of see that in these first three games. I mean, he started all three, and your attack doesn't look as potent as last season, I want to say. Not at all, because we need someone that actually can kind of keep up with guys like Saka, because uh, you need someone that actually has pace. to. And know, that's what Gabriel Jesus brings, and I feel like he should definitely start. And that, that might be a guy that they're pointing at there if he is back and healthy, but I I just think Mikel Arteta was not happy. I'll just say, I've you know, he's, he's very competitive, you know, as a coach, and you love to see that kind of passion. Especially, he kind of reminds me, well, Neil Collins reminds me of him. I wouldn't say the other way around, but um, just that passion, that flair on the side of the pitch, like very involved like in every aspect of the yeah. game. And like he kind and of reminds me of the Kyle Shanahan of the Premier League, like always going to be a competitive team, no matter who they have on the pitch. I know there's obviously some weak points, but um, I feel like we'll still be a contending team and, like, and based I, on the history of the club. I don't know if I was saying this uh, last episode, last Premier League, really the episode, maybe the one that we scrapped, but you can tell the uh, the Pep Guardiola the influence in yeah, that the in imprint that he has put on Mikel Arteta. Is... Mikel Arteta was an assistant coach for Manchester City for like the past, I want to say, two or three years before last season and the season before that he was at Man City. And I feel like Guardiola really took him under his wing and oh, was yeah, showing definitely. him all of his you ever watch the hard ways to play. Yeah, I watched the show, and I mean, you can see that in Arsenal now. I feel like Guardiola kind of wanted a competitor, and Mikel Arteta has really shown that he can do great things as a manager. Oh, yeah. He can oh, put yeah. that mentality in the team. He can really make players play for the badge. And, and he's young, so he's going to be doing great things for a while. Mm-hmm. We, this is just the first to come. And I, I do wonder what, because like, I know he's not going to be, pro- probably not going to be at Arsenal his entire life, his entire coaching career. But I do wonder who he would coach for after that. Because I that's could his see club. a Barcelona type of coach, but... Mm-hmm. 
I feel like he might he could try and be there his whole career. It is his club. Try, it yeah. is a team that he played for and captained and loved and loved. loved. So there's a reason he went to Arsenal after being with Man City for so long. He wanted to be back at Arsenal. So and he'll imprint even more of a legacy if he's exactly. able to succeed. But um, anything else you guys wanted to touch up on? Um, Thane, I know you wanted to kind of briefly go over some other clubs by chance. Um, anything? Um, yeah, so we'll start with Brighton. Brighton had a great season last season. I thought they were going to come in hot. I know they won their first game, but this weekend, West Ham really showed Brighton like mm. that they might not be at that level yet that they want to be at. And mm. I know Brighton is playing, what, Europa League this season? Yeah. So they're going to have to step up to play in these European competitions. And, I mean, West Ham just really showed them that, like, are you ready? Because yeah. Gave them a little, a it takes little reality a check. Yeah, exactly. And I, I do um, I do want to talk a little bit about West Ham. It seems like they're getting better with the loss of Declan Rice, and now they've gotten even better with the addition of Mohamed Kudus, who's coming off of his last game at Ajax with a hat trick coming in hot to flaming hot into the Premier League. And uh, he's just such an inventive player in that midfield. I, I, I was wondering why Chelsea didn't go for him instead of Lavia. I feel like that would have been a little bit more of a, a, a safer choice. Yeah, but Chelsea do have a lot of injuries, and a lot of those yeah. injuries are in attacking places. Mm. So I feel like when Nkuku comes back and oh, I can't Mecca wait. comes I can't back wait and everyone really comes back, we can really show what we bought all these players for, but yeah. Nkunku, do he towards ACL? Um, yeah. Hopefully he gets to be back around January, but West Ham, they really reinvented their midfield this season because they lost a big player in Declan Rice, sold him mm. for over 100 mil. 105. Yeah, British record transfer fee to Arsenal. And he's been doing really good for Arsenal. He really has been. He has. He's always he's always a solid player. He'll always bring that in the defensive mid. But West Ham's replacements, Ward Prowse and Alvarez, I really think that they're great and they're really slept on because I feel like a, those transfers kind of went under the radar compared to all the big transfers over the summer. But as you can see, West Ham's in second place and they came to play this season. Yeah, they sure. did. Yeah, they One did. thing I wanted to ask you guys is like. Top five, talking, speaking, where do you guys see the table ending up at the end of the year based on what we're seeing right now? Mm. That's very hard to tell, but... Early predictions. I'm sure we'll make more throughout the season. In my dream top five, I'm going to go with Chelsea at <laughs> oh number my one. God. <laughs> I'm going to go with Man City at number two, Arsenal at number three. Arsenal um, have a better season than Liverpool? Probably. Arsenal finished second place last season right behind Man City. It came down to the wire almost. And I feel like if Arsenal didn't choke those last two games... Oh, last couple games. Yeah, they they could have won won it 100%. They would have won, yeah. So if Mikel Arteta really, in my opinion, pulls Havertz out of the lineup and brings that pace into the team again, Mm. they can definitely compete for the Premier League title. Oh, yeah. And then I'm going to have to go with Liverpool at number four. And then Brady's team, Tottenham at number five. Not oh, you, okay. You're leaving uh, Newcastle out of the top five. Yeah. Mm. Like I'm not. You know, I say, I say. Uh, <laughs> look at this man. <laughs> I say, uh, I say Liverpool take the league, and uh, we take it by storm. I, I do say we have a, a very good season this year. I see Dominic Solbazai turning up like he already has been, and uh, number two we'll go Man City. Uh, number three. Ooh, you know, I, I would like to say Chelsea here, but I don't think it'll happen. I, I don't think they're quite ready for me to put them that high. So, uh, and I don't think United will, will finish top four either. So, um, a little bit of predicament here. I'll, I'll have to go. Uh, I'll have to go Newcastle at three. I think I think they're really gonna finish that high this season. And then number four, I'm gonna go. Uh, I, I wanted it to be Aston Villa. I really do. But uh, I, I don't really know if they're ready for that next step. So I'm going to go with a statement pick and go West Ham United. Wow. At number four. Because I remember when they went uh, when they went six that one year, and I feel like they're better than that one year. So 
uh, I do I do see them going for. I don't think it's too out of stretch for them to go number four. Well, remember, this is a long season, it and is, a lot of times. Well, this, no, this teams is just this is just a rough. Hot. This is just a rough no, I analysis know. right now. Uh, and then number five, I'll go uh, Chelsea. Okay. Throwing Chelsea. For mine, uh, I'm gonna say it's gonna shape up a little bit like last year. I'm gonna say City and Arsenal will take one and two, because they're probably the two most dominant teams in the league right now. I'm gonna put Tottenham in third just because I have high hopes for my team. Well, I left Arsenal out of my top five. Oh, yeah. I didn't mean to. Yeah, fourth. Yeah. I'm gonna go Liverpool just because they've had a dominant showing so far. I mean, their team looks good and they have a lot of potential. Um, and Chelsea in fifth, but I think Liverpool and Chelsea are honestly interchangeable, <laughs> just because they have similar teams—not similar teams, but similar talent that can still flourish this year. So. I'm honestly going to answer that question next episode. I'm going to need a little more time to kind of gauge that. But uh, I, obviously my number one is going to be Arsenal taking it home this year. So we'll, we'll, hope, we'll hope for that. I think that's key. I think Rush's answer is probably going to be the same. Yeah, but mine's going to be the same. I still need to learn more about these other teams and like these other players before I can answer that question confidently. I don't want to just like win together a list. Mm. But from what I'm guessing, it's going to be uh, – a Holland place for Man City, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's going to be like Man City, probably Arsenal, and, uh, you know, probably like you guys said Brighton was on the up and up. Maybe they're at five for me. But, like, I don't I don't know, like, three yeah, through yeah. four, three mm-hmm. and four. I don't I don't know. Like, yeah, I, don't honestly, that I would one. like to restate that I'm going to take West Ham out of the top five and put Arsenal in that spot. <laughs> Safe pick. Safer Safe, pick. I think it's a lot safer pick. But I do want to cover two teams that we kind of missed. Oh, both the Manchester. Did we skip over? Uh, yeah. No, I'm holding off. Oh, you're holding off. Oh, okay. okay. Um. Yeah. So let's start off with Man United. Yeah, I feel like they're ah, Ten Hag, looking like Ten shit, bro. Rough start. He's not looking season. good. Okay, bro. but Ten Hag nah. does have a lot of potential, and mm. I feel like mm. the owners do trust in him. They've made some big signings. The owners this about season. to. The owners about to leave. Yeah, this was about to get kicked out. They signed two big players for they him. They did. They did. And I mean, they haven't sacked him, which is kind of surprising because yeah, I don't, I actually he had a like rough a, season for the start. I don't feel like there's a hundred percent reason for him to be sacked. No, I'm not saying recently, but I'm saying when he first came in, yeah, 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 they yeah. were not looking they, very. They, good. they get yeah. I remember they were bottom of the board for a little bit those first couple weeks. It took him a while to really get his imprint on that team. But they sold Ronaldo. Yeah. Just ah. Oh, yeah, and then the Ronaldo stuff with mm, Ten Hag. Mm. Ronaldo and Ten Hag obviously did not get along. They did not meld well He kind of got pushed out of the team, wasn't starting a lot of games, which is very surprising because mm. Ronaldo is literally Heart and soul one of the club. biggest legends to Manchester. And it's just like, how are you going to have that big of a player exactly. towards the end of his career and you're not giving him the game time? You're not even like letting him come off the bench. You're just, yeah. just sit, go sit in the crowd. It's, very, it's honestly very disrespectful, and I kind of understand Ronaldo's point of view. But also, Ronaldo is very egotistical type of he player. He's, but, but honestly, I think he, he deserves, deserves it. it. He deserves oh, it. he 100% deserves it because of his career. But let's not lie, like Ronaldo hasn't been on the downtrend since yeah, he yeah, went yeah. to United. He mm. wasn't finishing his chances like he used to. But honestly, he wasn't looking like the player he used He should to be. still come off the bench. He's honestly he would have he would have done better than Wild Wakehorse. Would 100% oh, would have been better. 100% and Ronaldo is literally a legend and you could put him in at 42 and he'll still get a goal, but I'm just mm. saying you do want to start your young players sometimes, especially yeah. when you know they I have that like potential. Th- if they were just gonna, if they were to go and go with a young striker and start the young striker the entire season, then why would they go out and get Weghorst just for that to turn into what it turned into him, him being one of the worst Premier League strikers of all time? That's because that's the game you play when you sign players. You don't know what they're gonna bring, yeah, yeah. but you sign them based off of what you've seen of them, and sometimes they come in and they flop. And but look at what they've they seen don't. out of Ronaldo, though. You know what I mean? They've seen Ronaldo legitimately take this 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 club up to its highest of highs with them, and then now on the on the lowest of lows with them with that club, with his time at that club. But um, it just it didn't feel like like regular like regular Man United ball even when he was there. I do feel like his time was up with the club. And I do feel like even when his return to the club, I feel like it was a little bit forced. You know what I mean? It was. 
It was very forced. But he did show glimpses of Ronaldo and oh, scored that hat trick against yeah. Tottenham. I think that mm. was his best game for um, Man United when he came back. That long shot was absolutely ridiculous and beautiful. I mean, we do like to see that. We like to see old legends come yeah. back and mm. kind of make their statement before they go. Wasn't a hat trick comeback win as well? Yeah. 3-2. That was, uh, that was a ridiculous game. I, 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 someone asked me this the other day, like, um, talk about goat mentality, goat goat stuff, goat this. I, I was I was saying, it, out of any player in football history, you're down one point, you know, 20 minutes left on the clock, there's one person in soccer history you can sub in ever. I'm subbing in Cristiano Ronaldo. I'm subbing in Cristiano Ronaldo. That's without a doubt to me. To me, I'm subbing in Cristiano. I know I you're shaking your disagree head, because but I'm subbing in Cristiano. I really do believe Messi is the greatest player to ever grace this sport. Standing at what five four inch, five foot four inches tall. He's I, I thought he was five six. He's five six. I mean, that might be kind of on the upward mm. side because, as you know, he did have a condition that made him very small, mm. and he oh, needed it's surgery. PhD, I think. Yeah, something like that. But Growth hormone deficiency. Yeah, he needed surgery from a very young child to even play the sport. And mm. I just feel like Messi is more of God-given talent compared yeah, to Ronaldo. Yeah. Ronaldo really worked hard to get what he has. And I think Messi worked hard too. But when you combine hard work and God-given talent, it's like... It almost seems like Messi's chosen by God at this yeah. point. Right? Exactly. And if you really go back and watch Messi's whole career... What he did against these Real Madrid teams, and we all know Real Madrid, they're one of the greatest clubs ever, and they always have legends at their clubs, so he tore them up for nearly a whole decade. That's true. Like, That's true. That Ronaldo-Messi battle was pretty yeah, much peak was, of was, football. And honestly, I feel like it was a little bit more than that, too. It was, it was you know, oh, it's Messi, all, yeah. Neymar... Uh, Biscuits, yeah, it was everybody. You know, MSN I mean? versus um, BCB, which yeah, is Suarez. Bale, Benzema, mm-hmm. and Cristiano against Neymar, Suarez, and Messi. That was always a mm. great battle. The two two greatest front threes of all time going against each other. And honestly, I feel like I'm about to really talk about greatest front threes of all time. Uh, Roberto Firmino, Robert Sala, and Sadio Mane is up there in the greatest Robert front threes. Sala. <laughs> I said Robert Salah. I meant Mo Salah. Right. Robert Salah is the head coach. Yeah, um, got him mixed up. Before we wrap up, boys, anything you guys want to shout out? Breakout players, like players on the rise next week. You want to see Enzo Fernandez? I do think he will hit the top of football. I think, think so. He's one of the greatest young players we've seen in a long time. And mm. if you really analyze his game, just game to game, and just watch him and not the team, because I know Chelsea plays bad sometimes. Mm. Every time he touches the ball, it's a smart play. He knows what he's going to do before he gets the ball, and that's what you need in a midfielder. They have to be visualizing before they get the yeah, ball. I agree. So my player is going to be Hui Ming Sun. He's been kind of quiet so far, only three games in, but he's been quiet, and I honestly see him scoring a goal next game. He's on a draw right now. He needs it, and are I can just see it happening. Are we going by player of the season or, or player your, of... Your, play, your breakout player next year. Oh, my breakout next player. Se- next week. Uh, next week, uh, if we start Darwin Nunez, uh, Darwin Nunez will have another. Oh my bad, we'll have another great performance. But uh, Mo Salah is always going to be my number one breakout player, no matter what. It'll, it'll never change. Rush, mm. your Newcastle player of the week. Mine, I'll go with Anthony Gordon. Anthony okay. Gordon, that's a good pick. Mm. Great win. I love it. I love it. I really do. The prowess that he shows at such a mm. young age. And last season, he was having temperamental problems with the manager. And yeah. they sent him down to U21s, and he was balling in U21s, and then came up this season. He was doing very, very well in preseason, and they gave him a shot, and he's capitalized on it so far. All right, well, this is Tea Time Reports signing off. Uh, follow us on all our socials, and uh, stay tuned.